Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hey, are you looking for inspiration? If so, you just found it. The Intentionally Inspirational Podcast exists for the purpose of motivating people with stories, thought-provoking conversation, and through interviews with aspiring entrepreneurs and professionals. What can I say? Positive energy is healthy, addictive, and contagious. So collectively, we can make a significant impact on business and the world. Now for your host, with an endless need for change and comic relief, Jason Wright. Hello, hello. I'm back from my unplanned one-week vacation from the show. All jokes aside, I uh, failed to produce not one, but two shows last week, and I apologize. I intend to rectify that and get back on schedule for you immediately. Sorry about that. Today's podcast, as always, is brought to you by the wonderful folks at Audible. You can get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial simply by going to my affiliate link, audibletrial.com backslash inspire, or you can go to the banner on my website, intentionallyinspirational.com. It's over there on the right-hand side, and click. If you guys sign up, Audible will donate $15 to the show. Uh, when I began, the podcast was free, and um, as more content gets pushed out, there's actually, a, I've upgraded plans twice, and it uh, it's not free. So every little bit helps to keep this going. Today I am interviewing a good buddy of mine by the name of Mike Biting. We worked together in the past and have remained friends ever since. He lives in Ohio, and I'm in Indiana, so we're not close, but... We still talk, and I've always liked the way that he rolls. I like his approach with life. He's got good energy, and I thought he would be a good guy to get on the show. Uh, it's kind of interesting. Generally, before I interview people, I give them a chance to at least see the questions. Uh, with him, I just kind of forgot to do that. So he doesn't have any idea what's coming, and I, I believe he rolls with it pretty well. So uh, him and I, when we get together, we tend to laugh uh, hard and often as well. So you might hear some of that also. Let's tune in and uh, hear what Mike and I had to talk about. All right, today I'm going to be talking to a good friend of mine, Mike Biting. Mike Biting is a Army vet, and he's also a graduate of Xavier University with a Bachelor's of Science in Management. Uh, he's currently in sales and uh, continuing to pursue that field, and I think that's a very good fit for him. Mike, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Hey, no problem at all. Well, obviously, I know you a little bit better than that. Uh, gave you a brief intro for everybody listening. What else would you like the audience to know about you? What makes you special? Uh, <laughs> I know that's a tough question. It is. It is. Um, I think what kind of sets me apart a little bit is uh, part of the product that I sell and part of the way that I sell it is um, being very involved with customers and making sure customers are getting what they want out of the product and making sure that I show them all the value. So it's, it's not, you know, a sell and move on. It's, um, kind of a sell and build a relationship from there. And, um, I don't know if that's what you were looking for, but I, I think that's something that does set me apart kind of in my professional life. Yeah. And I, I think what I'll kind of expand upon is I worked with Mike in the past in a different capacity. It wasn't in sales, but one thing that 
stood out to me about Mike is, like myself, he's a very, very big people person. And you hear a little bit about that, uh, you know, with what he just said as far as building relationships. But just in life in general, he's a big people lover, very driven dude. He'll play that down a bit, but a very driven dude and uh, very full of positive energy. So uh, I guess along those lines, what would you say really motivates you to push yourself and help us understand what really makes you tick in all facets of your life? Um, you know what? I, I love hearing that question nowadays because I think growing up in, you know, when I was younger, I wasn't a very competitive person. I was kind of more tie, more shy and timid. Uh, <laughs> <Tie> <laughs> I tried to bring, huh? <laughs> yeah, tried to weave those two together. Uh, <laughs> no, but nowadays I've, I've gotten to a point, I think a lot of it's probably my military career. Um, and just seeing success from that and um, other things I've done in life that I, I have become a more competitive person. And it's I love walking into a situation where someone says, hey, this isn't going to happen and saying, hold on, I'm going to make it happen. Um, so finding those opportunities, that's that's kind of what I really, really do it for and what drives me and keeps me moving. What's funny about that is I don't know the shy and timid you. So for you to say that, it's like, <laughs> man, I just, you know, I, I believe you, but I don't believe it because I just, I can't see that. <laughs> and I remember, and we don't have to get into specifics here, but I remember a person once telling you, sales isn't really your thing. And I remember you saying, mm-hmm. you know what? It is too. And I'm going to prove it to the world and myself. And you've done that. So that's really cool. I, I'm kind of the yeah. same way. I love when people tell me what I can't do because I'm like, well, what do you mean I can't do it? Yeah, like, based off of that, you're now going to find a way to do it. That, and that's that's how I am. Is it's it's a lot of fun hearing, ah, that's not going to work, or no, you can't do that. And then making it happen and being able to say, <laughs> yeah, how you like me now? Yeah, yeah. Well, yep. very good. What what would you say your your greatest challenge has been in your working life, and how are you able to overcome that? Um. Currently, I think the the greatest challenge is I work for a company that is um, very it's it's a forklift company. Um, we specialize in what they call very narrow aisle lifts. Okay. Um, and with that being said, it's it's a more old school kind of manufacturing based company. Um, a lot of engineering involved, and I actually sell a telematics product for that company. Um, so when you talk telematics and being more technology and IT based, that's extremely different than the old school engineering manufacturing kind of mentality. Mm-hmm. So having that balance and um, wanting to be you know more on the fast paced, quick moving, more aggressive side of technology, but being very reliant on the the, the support roles coming from. Um, that old school engineering manufacturing let's test everything several times um, I get why they do it I appreciate that they do it but at the same time it, it, it is a conflict that I deal with on a day to day basis and um, can be very challenging also most of my clientele is warehousing and manufacturing um, which a lot of them are um also kind of that that old school mentality and um i think a lot of them the the technology piece of them they realize it's necessary and it's coming 
um, but they aren't there yet. So it's it's very much on me to get them understanding and on board with with where the technology and the Internet of Things is coming from now. So, so what I hear you saying is basically taking the older, simpler way of doing things, being able to speak and relate to those guys, as well as saying, hey, this is what's coming, this is what you need to understand with technology. So kind of being the bridge between those two uh, Absolutely. different eras, I guess, and then kind of making mm-hmm. them one. So yep. no, that's, yeah, uh, absolutely. that is a big challenge. And I think, you know, for anybody listening, I think really what that comes down to, whether it's his industry or another industry, is uh, not only relationship building and maintaining, but communication as well. So it takes a certain person to do that well, and it sounds like you're uh, fitting into that nicely. Thank you. What golden nuggets would you uh, have our listeners take away from your story? You know, if people are listening and maybe find themselves in a position, this is really sticking out in my mind, where somebody's told them, you know what, you want to do this, you can't do it. I mean, what would you tell people? What would you tell people is kind of a a takeaway from your story? Um, I feel like it's one of those things you never know until you try. Um, And on top of that, it's okay to fail. Um, I remember going from the operations side of things into sales and like you said, being told that a sales probably isn't your thing and blah, 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 that the first several months, I would say four or five months I was, I was in the role. I didn't sell a whole lot of anything. And I kind of got to that point where I told myself, I'm not going to let this happen. Um, I made this choice and it's on me, nobody else to, uh, figure this out and make it happen. And based off of that, I kept pushing and kept pushing and I started closing deals and making sales and, um, haven't really looked back since then. And I, I think some people would have been discouraged and said, ah, maybe they're right. And I don't know if it's, um, stubborn and bullheaded enough that (laughs) I didn't really even consider that. But, um, I just, that's my mentality. It's, it's, you never know till you try. And if you're going to try something, you might as well give it everything you've got. And if you fail, you fail, you move on, try something else. But there you go. I love that you just said yeah. that. Cause something I talk about all the time is, you know, accepting that failure is probably going to happen. It happens to the mm-hmm. most successful of people and companies every day. But what you just said about try something else, that's key because I talk about this probably almost every show, or if I don't, I think about it every show. If what you're doing is not working, try something new. And I'm almost of the belief it doesn't even matter what you try. Try anything new because sometimes things that you don't think will work actually prove to be quite successful. And in my journey over the last nine or ten months, I've had you know things that I started with in in the fall I'm not doing now, and things that I was doing Mm -hmm. two or three months ago I'm not doing now because – the need and the opportunity for things constantly changes, and if you don't evolve, you find yourself with not a whole lot to do. So, um, very, very well said, my friend. It, it's just, it's just hilarious to me that you, of all people and personalities, have told sales probably isn't your thing. That's like telling Bozo <laughs> the clown that the you know the circus isn't for him. It just, it's goofy. It makes yeah, no sense yeah, at all, but yeah, it's, it's funny. Yeah. Well, and it's it's funny now because I'm not going to lie. When I when I first started it, that was always in the back of my head, and yep. I think that's part of what motivated me. And that's I used that, but at the same time, I look back at it now, and I think, man, for this guy who's been in this in that industry in sales for that long, to have told me that's like you were pretty far off, buddy. Yeah, <laughs> I don't want to sound arrogant. I don't want to sound cocky, but. You were pretty far off on that. One. Oh yeah, no, I'm with yeah. you. And yeah. It's uh, 
No, it's, it's really good stuff. You know, sometimes when somebody tells you you can't do something, like you said, you, you listen to that and you allow that voice to be your determining, you know, level of success or failure. But mm-hmm. what you have to realize is it's not up to other people for you to succeed or fail. Yep. So would you say when you, you said the first four or five months you really didn't sell anything in the sales, uh, kind of in the sales adventure for you, would you say your perspective changed then you started selling or how would you – explain or pinpoint what changed within you or do you even know um i've got some ideas and i know consciously i kind of changed my approach uh on some levels that i think my personality is more um let me share the information with you let's see what fits um and we'll go from there kind of thing with a lot of our customer base and the product that I was selling at that point when I first started, it wasn't as easy as that. So it did get to a point where I had to absolutely quantify everything I was doing. And every time I tried to take a customer from one of our competitors, I had to show them down to the penny um, where we could benefit. And it was, I think a lot of guys in our industry that want to use discounting and the, the upfront easy to see, easy to quantify cost savings. What I focused on was really understanding um, the aspects of the business where, you know, hey, you may pay a little bit more upfront with us, but here's the benefit in the long run. Your your long-term cost of ownership of this equipment is going to go down in years two, three, four, and five, where, yeah, right now you may pay a, a little bit of a premium with us. But um, so it definitely was, it was, I'm one of those people that I kind of look at, you know, my peer group or the the folks around me and um, there's going to be that guy or that individual that sticks out as um, kind of the leader, or the, the, the top guy. And if that's your aspiration is to someday be in that position, my thought is the easy way to get there is talk to him and see what he's done. Um, so I kind of, you know, with all of our different markets, spend a little time i would run ideas and thoughts by those guys ask their input and um kind of take what i felt fit with me what worked for them put it together and um i think that's kind of where i've gotten to where i am now or how i've gotten to where i am now no that's really smart and that's great advice you know if if you're not where you want to be find somebody who is and pick their brain i mean that's that's Mm -hmm. really really smart I need to do more of that. I, I try to, when I talk to people like yourself on the show, believe it or not, I, I take away great uh, value and great pointers and perspectives from every single person. And I feel like the more I do it, the more of an advantage it is for me and the you know consistent listeners as well. So good stuff, man. Uh, think about your greatest success you've experienced in your working life thus far and walk us through the steps you took to reach that milestone. I just want people to really see that there is a kind of an approach and a process you can use to, you know, make that stuff happen. Okay. Um, you know what? I'll go, I'll go back to the army days on this one. That, okay. Um, getting out of high school, I was kind of in this situation where every one of my buddies, both of my siblings, my parents, kind of everyone I knew, you went to high school, went to college afterwards. Um, I, followed that path, got a semester into college and said, I have no idea what I want to do. Why am I here? Why am I spending my money, my parents' money? Um, This doesn't make sense. So 
I took a step back, joined the Army at that point, and when I joined the Army, I knew nobody in the military. I didn't have any family that had ever been in the military. Um, I walked into it pretty blindly. Um, I ended up, I I was a scout in the Army and uh, was lucky enough to be assigned to the 101st Airborne Division, which was just an awesome experience. Um, But with that being said, I... I found myself in a situation where I knew up front this was not something I wanted to do long term as, you know, a a full career. Um, But I did want to make the most of the experience. Mm -hmm. And knowing that and understanding that, I just thought anything that they're willing to give me, I'm going to take and I'm going to run with. And uh, as far as, you know, training and schools and, and everything, I... I took advantage of every time I had the opportunity, and I made sure to excel in that. And it it ended up I I got out as a staff sergeant and was only in for six and a half years, which is pretty pretty quick progression. Uh, most guys don't make it to staff sergeant in under ten years, and I I think I made it in about five years and ten months. Um, and it. it that's something that I've kind of carried with me to it's a huge pride thing. I don't commonly tell people about that. Um, but it is, it's something I kind of carry with me as just a, a, a sense of pride. Yeah. It's something to be proud of for sure. Yeah. And I've told you this many times and I'll tell you again, thank you for your service, man. I honestly appreciate it. Thank you. I appreciate that. So there's people listening right now. Or in the future, because this is recorded in the past compared to when the show launches, which is confusing for us to think about right now. (laughs) What advice would you give to some of those people listening on how they could experience their own breakthroughs, you know, be it professional or personal? Um, Like I just said, take advantage of opportunities. When something arises, jump on it. Um, On top of that, I think just give it everything you've got. Put, put your heart into it, put everything you've got into it. And um, I feel like if you don't, then you've only got yourself to blame uh, for not making it to where you want to be. And um, I think a lot of people nowadays kind of miss the opportunities that are, that are kind of in front of them, whether it's they don't see them or they, they don't have the confidence to really push for things and, and make things happen on their own. Um, so, I mean, that, that is, I think, my biggest piece of advice is just take advantage of opportunities. No, I think that's great. I love everything you just said. And, um, you know, quietly I'm cheering for you because I know that you're going to do whatever you want to do in life. You've always had that good sense of direction and drive about you, and I agree with everything you said. And it's funny because my personal tolerance for risk has kind of become extreme in some ways, but my poor wife, good Lord, she can't handle it. (laughs) I mean, I I honestly think if, if I were single, sometimes I would take opportunities and and journeys to the point of living in my car to try to see them through. But I've got two kids and a wife and Mm -hmm. probably not the best plan (laughs) for a family man, but we'll see what happens. Yeah. Hey, (laughs) I'm sure they appreciate that. Yep, yep. <laughs> so if you think about today going forward, what would you say your number one professional goal is that you're working on now? And how do you plan on getting there? Um, you know what? Right now, I I kind of joke, but I'm dead serious about it, that 
I have no idea what I want to be when I grow up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I, I've been in more of the industrial kind of industry for long enough now that I, I have a good understanding and a very solid appreciation for it. I love being a part of that industry. Um, I enjoy that, that aspect. Um, but as far as what capacity I want to be in the industry at, I really don't know. I, I feel like there's a lot that, um, is out there now that I haven't been involved in. And I feel like there's a lot to come. Um, so with all that being said, I think right now my kind of short term next couple of years, um, the goal is the product that I sell right now is kind of separate from the rest of our product lines. And I see some potential to kind of turn it into its own department um, and have a, a full kind of fleet management group built around the product. So um, I would say in the next maybe two to four years, that be my goal is have um, – that be something that I kind of create and am able to run with a little bit more than I am now. Very cool. You know, it's it's interesting what you said about you don't know what you want to be when you grow up. Just this last week, I had a guy ask me, where do you want to be in five years and ten years? And I can't answer that question. I can't say this is yeah. what it looks like, but I do know this. I like working with people. I like being part of the solution. Uh, I'm a doer. I like to get stuff done, but I, I don't know how to answer those type of questions anymore. So it's it's interesting to hear you kind of respond in the same way, which I don't think there's anything wrong with at all. It's just no. it's no. just different. So very cool. So what inspires you about other people? What do you see that's like, man, that guy or that gal is doing things and has got it going on? Um, you know what? There's there's a lot of different things. I was talking earlier about kind of finding that that leader in your peer group and uh, picking their brain and running ideas by them and using them as kind of a sounding board. And uh, I, with that, with that being said, there's a lot of different things that I pick up on people that I do. I find admirable and um, I kind of challenge myself to adapt some of those qualities. And um, I think the biggest thing, currently in life and in being in the sales and project management um, is responsiveness and communication. Um, I think that's something that I do well with, but there's always room to grow and to get better. Um, I don't know. I think confidence comes into play. Um, I think it's much easier to work on a project with with somebody who really believes in what they're doing and understands what they're doing um, and conveys that in the way that they handle business it's it's much more comfortable than if it you know working with the individual that is uncertain and um, kind of second guessing what what's going on so yeah that certainly wouldn't inspire a lot of confidence in me either yeah yeah <laughs> yep all right. Um, this will be interesting to hear what you have to say because of your, all of your experiences. But fear is an inevitable part of our lives, and I know that you've seen fear face-to-face more times than once. How do you overcome your fears? Hmm. It, you know, I, I feel like there's there's different types of fears out there. Um, and... <laughs> 
I, I to be honest, one of the things that I kind of learned in the army, um, and I don't mean this to sound like I said earlier, arrogant or too aggressive or whatever, but a lot of times I'll look around at other people who have done things before me and it's, Hey, if this guy made it through and came out all right and look at him now, why, why shouldn't I be able to do that? Um, I don't know. And it, it, it's kind of, I think a lot of people have fear of the unknown and I think it's kind of my personality that I embrace the unknown. Yeah. Um, so what I hear you kind of talking about is your comfort zone. It sounds like you're not scared to kind of push the limits a little bit and see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, when you talk to the army and the, the kind of fear that I encountered there, it's, you have to understand your training and the reason you do the training and, if you believe in your training and you feel like um, you know what you're doing and you do have some sort of understanding of what you're getting into, um, it's a trust thing. You have to trust that all the folks, all the individuals that who, who trained you in the past were giving you the best knowledge and were putting you in a position to excel in those situations, um, which I think is a little bit different than kind of fear of the unknown with a sales process and just jumping into a process with a new customer that um, you don't know what their experience level is, what they know, what they understand. Um, so it's just being prepared and, um, you know, I guess the training and the understanding of your expertise does come into play with that as well. Can I share a random piece of information with you? Sure. So you're the only guest I've had on the show that hasn't seen the questions ahead of time. Okay. Everybody else has a chance to see them and kind of think about it and digest it. So everybody, he's responding on the fly, nice and raw. So you're doing a great job. But I just thought that was kind of cool because, you know, I feel like you're you're rolling with him just fine. But I was like, man, he's never seen him before. So <laughs> I wanted to share that. With I'm glad listening. you pointed that out so everyone understands. <laughs> Now, you hear me? Uh, uh, I want to, uh, I want to ask you why. another question. Are, are you nervous at all doing this? Not really. Yeah, it's no. interesting because when I first started doing it, I was really nervous, and I think like anything, you get more comfortable each time. But a lot of people say that they're nervous, and it's it's kind of weird because it's not radio. It's on-demand radio, but it's mm-hmm. not really live. You know, it's uh, Our conversation is live, and people will hear the laughter and everything else. But I think that uh, – kind of that fly in the wall experience for the listener into a real conversation is, is what gives it value. So I love it, man. It's good stuff. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. So if you think about all the advice you've ever heard and all the people you've ever talked to, what would you say are the most impactful words of wisdom that you have ever heard? Hmm. Or what slogans pop into your head and, you know, that you really lean on the most? I guess those things kind of go hand in hand. I'm just trying to give you another way to think about it. Okay. Um, You know what? It's funny. This one definitely takes me back to uh, the Army days. And for those of you who don't know, um, the Army, there's a saying, a slogan, and for everything out there, whatever. Um, and there's a few of them that a lot of times I'll think about in my professional life now and I don't usually say them because I don't want to be the weird old army guy kind of thing (laughs) Uh, (laughs) but they they run through my head and I kind of laugh to myself and move on with it Um, so the the 
two that stick out the most are do it right, do it once, and prior planning prevents piss poor performance. That's good stuff, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I should uh, probably follow that one myself. Sometimes I just dive into things so blindly that it's uh, it's yeah. it's sad. And it, you know what? There's there's a lot of that, and I I get it. Um, I do the same thing, but at the same time, I I do like to take advantage of if I have the time, having a plan, and um, probably not nearly as much in my career now as back then, but. Uh, those are those are the two that come to mind. So, absolutely. Well, I, I don't know what you'll say about this because, like I said, you didn't have this prior, like everybody else. But do you ever read self help books by chance? Do you have a title of a book that you might recommend for our listeners to read? Um, you know what? There's a couple that I have read. A lot of what I read is um, more military or political based. Okay. Um, I'm actually I'm sitting at my desk at home right now. And I have <laughs> there's five books sitting on my desk, and <laughs> two of them are pretty uh, military involved, kind of more the tactical type of thing. And then there's two of them. There's Killing Patton and Killing Lincoln, which are uh, both written by Bill O'Reilly, mm-hmm. uh, um, who I'm a fan of in a, a certain way, less than a fan of in another way. Sure. Um, but I, I do. I think his books are interesting, and um, I think there are definitely a lot of insights that can be found in those books. Sure. Uh, just based off who they're written about. Um, God, I'm trying to think if there's one that uh, Jim Collins is an author that I really like. He's more a business how to do. Yeah. Uh, Tell me about one of those. Do you know any of those titles off the top of your head? I am trying to think. I apologize uh, for putting you on the spot like this, but I just thought it'd be kind of interesting you know to what? see I how will, you roll well, with it. I, I will find. I will find the title of the one that I'm thinking of. I will find the title of it, and you can put it in the comments on the podcast. Okay. Yeah, in the show uh, notes, I'll throw it in there. So that'll yeah, work. absolutely. Your struggle it's, is my entertainment, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> Glad I could entertain Jason. <laughs> I've got a friend who's down in uh, the southeast United States right now that when he hears this, I'm sure he'll get a good laugh. So he enjoys nice. – uh, he's got a good sense of humor. So if you're listening, you know who you are. <laughs> well, if our, li- if our listeners uh, you know, have been inspired by some things you said and have an interest in reaching out to you, what's the best way to do so, be it social media, email, whatever you like? Uh, I would say LinkedIn probably. Okay. And I actually, I'm one of those people. I'm I'm very into LinkedIn. I think there's a lot of cool stuff that can be achieved through LinkedIn. Um, if nothing else, just seeing what other people have going on in their professional lives. Oh yeah, I think it's great. So I usually am on LinkedIn at least once a day. Are you on there under Michael Biting? Is that correct? Uh, let me look real quick. I believe I'm actually I'm thinking, on Michael C. Biting. I think so too. Yeah. That last name is B-E-I-T-I-N-G. Yes, I am on there as Michael C., as in Christopher, Biting. Very nice. All right, man. Well, as always, a pleasure talking to you, and I'm glad you came on here. I've been hounding him for a little while now, and uh, he's agreed to talk to me, and I'm very glad I got him on here. So thanks, man. appreciate it. Hey, thank you for having me. I'm I'm glad it finally worked out, and... uh, 
definitely don't hesitate to reach out in the future if you want to do another one. All right. We are back to the show. Hope you guys enjoyed hearing uh, Mike and I talk. I enjoyed talking to him and hearing what he had to say as always. If you guys have an interest in being a guest on this show, I'd love to hear from you. If you know anybody that you think would be a good person for me to talk to, I can talk to them in the kind of traditional semi-scripted conversation that I, I normally do. Or I can do kind of an unplugged and just dive in and see where the conversation goes. It's something that I've talked about in the past and something I want to try here soon. So we will see when that happens and who's the first uh, test patient for that, so to speak. Well, I uh, certainly appreciate you guys uh, tuning in for another episode. As always, check out the website, intentionallyinspirational.com, for show notes, for resources. I've got a new blog there as well, which I need to start populating, but I promise you the site will only grow and become more and more valuable to you. Uh, Share this. Share what you know about the podcast, the site, with other people that may enjoy it as well. Um, Stay inspired. Have a good week, and I will talk to you soon. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of our show. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Google Play Music, or Stitcher. In order to get all of the information and resources from this podcast, visit intentionallyinspirational.com and check out the must-read show notes for this episode. See you next time.